Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 868, which is actually, I think, the third episode of Talking with Chris Hardwick, the Sunday night chat show on AMC uh, that I'm hosting now. It's 11 p.m. 10 Central, and uh, I hope you like it. Uh, the TV show is really just kind of a a video version of the podcast, but but beefed up a bit. It's a little more structured, so it's uh, but it's been super fun to do. Amazing guests coming up. Uh, cast of Orange is the New Black is coming up. Brian Cranston, James Corden, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Jordan Peele, Connie Britton. Uh, and this episode is Michelle Monaghan. It was on last week. She was on last week. Uh, a pal of mine, I adore her. She was so super cool to come on and just give an incredible chat. Uh, Michelle Monaghan has been in a million things that you love. And also, uh, she's on The Path right now on Hulu, of which she is also an executive producer. So, really, really, really super cool chat with Michelle. Uh, the Nerdist Podcast number 868, Talking with Chris Hardwick, episode number three, Michelle Monaghan. Katie, please start the show. Now entering Nerdist.com. On the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebooks using at talking. I'm going to read questions, comments, comments. We're going to have video messages. Uh, we're going to have people in the audience ask questions. I'm going to give them prizes that we've concocted to craft around our very incredible guest today, who happens to be Michelle Monahan. Here she is. Let's just get into the... You know, it's amazing... Your IMDb page is extensive. Yes. You have been in a lot of stuff, but I want to start with The Path because I, that's what people are watching this yes. now. Uh, the Path is on Hulu. Uh, so I want to launch in with a couple of Path questions, if that's, if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, please. Uh, okay, first of all, some reactions. Uh, James Bates, 11 on Twitter, says, Is there anything better than seeing Michelle Monaghan scoffing bacon? Uh, <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, is there anything better than that? No, there is nothing better than scoffing are bacon. Are you spinning it into and- a... Uh, well, I, I did spit it after a while because we did several takes, (laughs) um, we did, and I love bacon and that bacon in particular was really, really good. Um, but after about 
six or seven, you know, because I go down the line, I just kind of really stuff it in like a yeah. a freak. And um, and then after a while, I did sort of start to put it in a spit bucket, which is so disgusting. They, it, you know, you, you're hoping that they're not doing a lot. Let's, let's see if she'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to get that exactly. one more time. Exactly. Cameron get that one <laughs> exactly, shot. Exactly, exactly. Well, you're a producer on this sh- on the show. I am, I am, yeah. So, Thank you. How did, you know... To, to see a show of this quality, it, it's like it's, it's really forging ahead and changing what it means to do digital content. Yes. Because Hulu, for the longest time, was just like, oh, you watch every everyone else's show, and they started making original mm-hmm. programming. So just how did you get involved with Hulu? How did you get involved with this project? Mm-hmm. And. Well, you know, it was really interesting. After True Detective, I was looking, I was, I was, I really enjoyed that space, you know, kind of working in the cable market. I liked uh, the material that was coming out um, of that world. It was sort of edgy and a little bit dark. And I was looking for something along those lines. And uh, Jessica Goldberg, our creator, um, had sold the show to Hulu. And, and I was at the top of her wish list for it. And that was incredibly flattering. She sent it to me. And it was the first thing that I had read since True detective that I felt like I could really delve into in terms of creatively mm-hmm. into a world that I felt like could live for a couple of seasons, you know, and, um, and it's been so great working with Hulu there. They kind of just let us do our thing. You know, they've hired the people that they entrust, the actors, the creative team, the writers, the directors, and then we go shoot this show and it feels like making kind of like a really long movie. Right. Um, and also the material kind of feels a little bit edgy. For those of you who have seen the show, it's a little dark here and there. And so it kind of feels like independent filmmaking in a lot of ways because we don't have like a lot of suits there. Right. Uh, but yet people, it has dis- it has distribution and marketing and money behind it. So people are actually seeing it in the end, which is really um, gratifying. Because you, you, I've, you've been able to do so many different types yes. of things. Yes. Uh, and what was your first credit? Like if, if you're someone scrolling down, you're like, what was the first job? I think the first job was this, uh, this movie called Unfaithful. Um, with Diane Lane oh, and right. Richard Gere. Yes. Um, a- that was an Adrian Lyon movie. That was an Adrian Lyon movie. Yeah. yeah. And I ultimately got cut out of most of the of the film. I was, I was only in a few scenes. But um, that experience really kind of changed my life. It really, uh, really cemented the idea that I thought, okay, you know what? I'm really meant to do this. I'm going to really pursue this and work hard. And um, that was really the start of it. And then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang kind of came shortly thereafter within the next year or two, and that's when really I kind of was I able to hit the ground. I loved that movie. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, if you guys haven't seen it, it was uh, Shane Black. Uh, yeah, thank who, you. Well, Shane Black wrote and directed it. Shane Black was a, wrote a lot of really big, flashy, hilarious comedy. Lethal Weapons. Lethal Weapons. It's like my uh, favorite movies growing up. The Last Boy Scout yeah. was Shane Black. And so he came back in 2005 and wrote and directed this incredible movie that was that felt very intimate. Yeah. But it's Michelle and Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer, yes. and it is legitimately, I said in the opening, one of the best comedies in the past 20 years. Yes, thank you. I agree. I think it holds up. You know, it was really, it's very kind of film noir. It's a comedy. Um, and we shot it at night for 45 nights straight. Um, and it was one of my very first opportunities um, as an actress, you know, and they really took me under... Um, their wing, and, you know, I improv for the first time with Downey. I had no idea what we were doing. Um, well, and- oh, wait, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, I need yeah, to go yeah. back a little bit there. So what are they... So you're on... The, so they plop you onto this... You're, you're with 
like some of the biggest names yes. in Hollywood, Shane yes. Black and Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. Yes. And they just say, okay, you're, here's the scene, here's go. The scene. Yeah, and it, it's kind of crazy because, you know, Shane's writing is so great. Like, you really don't need to add your own words. But Robert had this bright idea one day as we were kind of sitting about to go into this hotel room for this scene. It was like day two or three, and um, he said, all right, we're going we're gonna to improv this next one. And I was like, what? I was so green. You know, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and he said, we're, we're going to improv. And I said, I, I don't know what that means. And meanwhile, they're rolling. And, um, and then I said, okay, well, what, what, what is that? What is that? And he goes, it means we're not going to say the words that Shane wrote. <laughs> like that. Like, exactly. Like Did so Shane daddy. know this was going to happen? Well, he's in the other room, and I know he can hear us on our mics now in hindsight, you know. But we, it, it, all of a sudden, the yell action, and he, like, throws me a, a pack of um, gum. And I, my heart is beating a mile a minute. I'm freaking out. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this gum? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And he's like, just give me a piece of gum. And I'm fumbling. We're supposed to be a little bit drunk. And we do the scene. And we go on for about two minutes. And it actually played really well. Of course, I don't think we used any of it in the end. Um, but it was really fun. And I learned how to improv um, with Robert Downey Jr. But it also, but I would imagine that yeah. something like that. It's almost not even necessarily for being able to use it, but just creating a level of comfort. It totally does, you know, and I think it's that trust that you have when you're able to sort of kind of go back and forth and kind of hold your own. Um, And Robert probably at that point in the film probably wanted to sort of test my boundaries and see where he could go creatively with me and push me. And and he was just such a great um, scene partner. We had a really, really great time working together. So how did you mash it? I don't know if you guys know this, but Michelle's from Iowa. Uh, nowhere, yeah. nowhere near the entertainment business yeah. in Iowa. Is your your are, were your family were they farmers? Did we talk about this? Yeah, in the podcast? yeah. yeah. So um, we, I grew up in a town of seven hundred people uh, called Winthrop in northeastern Iowa, really, really small town. Um, and yeah, my dad, my dad farmed corn, beans, um, helped my grandpa, and um, and also worked in a factory for forty years. And you know, when I graduated high school, it was my dream to you know study journalism. So um, I moved to Chicago to study journalism, and in order to put myself through school, I modeled. I did all those, like, Montgomery Ward ads, Target <laughs> ads, the Chicago Tribune. I mean, I was that, no, 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 I was really that girl. I'd be like, Mom, I'm going to be in the Sunday paper, you know, this week, you know, and... Do you uh, remember any of the Montgomery Ward poses? Oh, of course. Because there's, okay. no, there's always <laughs> like a, there's always like a, you're, li- you're late for oh, something. Oh, no, it's, it, it's like... Uh, like that, like like the, the the very like inquisitive, and then you're like. <laughs> I always like I was like the, the like the one with the guys kind of looking, yeah, no, and she, like she's having guys. a moment, and the guys <laughs> looking very. I never figure out what's happening. Yes. What are those people doing? I have no idea. Like, what what sort of function? No, those... you're sitting there going, you're so embarrassed, you know, because you're just <laughs> making such a a fool out of yourself. But you know what? It, it paid my college tuition. So Did, what, was there ever a was there ever a uh, yeah. Or was there ever a, like, what was the worst one? Oh, my gosh. So I, and I really do have a terrible one. I used to go to Japan. I used to model in Japan on my semesters off, and I would go there on contract, and I would really do unglamorous modeling um, for, like, two months. And and when I say unglamorous, they would be, you know, ads for, um, for uh you know, uniforms. So I do janitorial uniforms, <laughs> nurses' uniforms, and doctors' uniforms, and they were really lame. But whatever, I get it. Paid the bills. 
But I did have one job over in Japan where I was doing a Sony ad for their new Walkman, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day, CD Walkman. And uh, I was working with a, a, a spider monkey named oh. Dodo-chan. Oh, no. And we're shooting this ad, and I like animals. I'm cool with animals. I'm down with animals. But they thought at one point, they were like, you know, let's put, let's put Dodo-chan on, on the top of your head, and that'll be really, really cute and really oh. funny and really sweet. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, that's cool. You know, I'm very naive at that point. And he's kind of moving around, and he's getting a little squirrely. And they say, okay, well, Dodo-chan needs to take a break. And I was like, okay. She needs <laughs> yeah, to of course. Take a break. Yeah, of course. I'm like, Dodo-chan. Take a break for the monkey. Right. right. So, so they give him a break, and he proceeds to, like, run up on top of the counter and then on top of the fridge where he finds his big bowl of fresh fruit. And a lot of it's been kind of cut open and halved open. And he proceeded to eat, like, three passion fruit and, like, some other fruit that was sitting up there. And then finally he kind of settled down, and it was about 15 minutes later, and they think, okay, he's ready to go back to work. <laughs> okay. That's great. That's awesome. the, idiot. the monkey's calling so, you. What the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah. There's only three passion fruits? Exactly. exactly. Do I have to peel this shit with my feet? Exactly. Exactly. So they're like, great, let's put them back on top of your head. So I'm, I'm like, okay, great. And we're shooting for about five, ten minutes, and all of a sudden, I feel something very warm. <laughs> it was like somebody cracked an egg on top of your head. No, number one or number right? two? Yeah, number two. No! Yes. No! And I was like, I think, I think, I think he pooped, pooped on my head. They're like, Nani? 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 Oh, like, no. What? What? And I mean, and, and then they came over with paper towel, and they're wiping it down. But they still hadn't gotten the shot. Oh. And I'm so professional and so way too kind at this point. So they clean it, and then they just put Dodo-chan back up on my... Um, they, and then he gets... And now he's got a sugar high. He's like my three-year-old. <laughs> right? And now he's, now he's crazy. Now he starts, like, biting and, and all of but this. At that, but at this point, you and Dodo-chan are not on good terms no, we're, at we're all. No, we're not friends. We're not friends. Not and so at they all. ultimately get the shot. Friends and don't like, diarrhea on each other's heads. No, 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 no. And I was thinking, wow, that was a really shitty job. And then, oh, no, <laughs> nice, part nice. of the point. Oh, points, sorry, points. I didn't even mean I give that. you points for that. I'm just good like that. That's good. And so, and then so the following year, I go back to, to like, fulfill a contract, make some more money, and I'm, I'm riding on the subway, and all of a sudden I look up and I see the ad. The actual ad, it's a year later, and Dodo Chan is on my head, and I'm like, like uh, this? And I, I felt like I, had, my heart, I froze. I felt like I had PTSD. Oh, of course. You know? Well, listen, like, I just think, I think you're lucky around. that all that other footage didn't go to some fetish site. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I thought you were going to say, cut two years later. It's 2005. Yeah. We're shooting Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. I'm improving a scene with Robert Downey Jr. He eats an entire bowl of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> It's on my head. Oh, my God. I mean, that's, know, that, what does that prepare you for? You know what? We did have that spider scene in, that, in, that, in the movie. I don't know if you remember yeah. when there was a spider scene crawling across yeah. my, my breast. And I remember I was really okay. Again, I was okay with the spider and everything. And Downey was so freaked out. He, he, he had to keep, like, touching it to, like, make it move or whatever. Iron Man hates spiders? Yeah. Oh, he was freaked out. And he was like, how... <laughs> How are you doing this right now? And I'm like, it's fine. And basically, I had my eyes closed. I could just feel it kind of going across. But that did make me think of that scene. And I mean, I guess if like, you work on a farm and then once a monkey shits on your head, like, you're good. Cool you're golden at that man. point. You're, you're golden. Yeah. Were you were, did you work on the farm? Yeah, I did chores growing up. I mean, those were my first jobs, um, picking up rock. 
um, and, you know, detasseling. I mean, have any of you guys done any of this, picking up rock, uh, walking beans, um, all of these things that you do um, in, these are all in physi- the summer. No, and, these are physical skills. These with. people are like graphic designers. Yeah. Like, they don't have the, you're talking about skills that would help in, a zombie, in an apocalypse. Yeah, 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 exactly. Most of the people here, exactly. we, including me, do yeah. not have those types of, yeah. of, yeah, yeah, of survival yeah. skills. Yeah. It was fun. You know, I, I look back at those years and I, like, I made five bucks an hour, but that was more money than I'd ever made. And you would work with a lot of like uh, boys and girls from like various counties would all come. And so you would meet... Like the boys that you would meet a few years later, like cruising in the local town. Oh, yeah, I remember you a few years back, right? When we were like walking rows together, and so how did you get? I mean, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't. I, this, this is going to sound. I don't mean this to sound a negative, but how no. did you get out? Because small towns are very difficult. Yeah, you know, I'm from the south. Small towns yeah, are well, very no, difficult to get out of. You're absolutely right. I think I had a, a real interest in journalism growing up. As I said, I went to college and I studied journalism. But I actually just had a very, a, a real curiosity about the outside world. And I remember um, I never felt um, uh, sort of confined by my parents. My parents were always like, you can do anything you want to do, just oh, follow good. your heart. And I remember we went to see a Cubs game in Chicago because it was the nearest biggest city when I was about 14 or 15. And it was the first time that I really saw a proper city. And I thought, holy shit, like this is amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is incredible. And I felt, I felt like this is where I wanted to be. And, you know, I knew if I wanted to go to Chicago and go to college there, I would have to, you know, work hard to put myself through school. And fortunately, I was able to model and, and do that there. And, and once I experienced Chicago, then I thought, oh my gosh, now I want to go to New York. And that's when I, I dropped out of school when I was a senior um, in college and moved to New York and continued modeling there um, and fell in love with the city and started doing commercials. And then one thing led to another and, and started my acting career there. Well, you know, because you're, you're such a... Oh. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. You're, the thing that I love about watching you as, a, as a, an actor is that you're, you're so... You're, you're so seamless. Like, you're so... Like, sometimes you can see people... I don't know if you play this game. Yeah. Sometimes my wife and I are watching a movie or a television show, and there's, like, one particular scene goes on, we'll go, audition scene. Like, you can yeah. always tell, like, what oh, the I audition know. scenes are. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're so seamless in your roles. And so it, it's interesting to hear that, you know, you had this farm background and you wanted to do journalism and you were modeling because it's, you're such a natural actor. Thank you. Did, you. did you ever feel that when you were growing do up? Do you know what? It's such a good question. I've done a lot of reflecting on it because I've always said no, no. And then, you know, I, I remember being now when I, when I really think about it, you know, I really, I remember being in the bathroom and I would make myself cry or think of something <laughs> horrible. Or I, I remember now, like, using my imagination. And, and I also remember being in high school, and I was not an athletic person. I wasn't coordinated, although I loved the greatest fan in the stands. But I wasn't comfortable playing sports. And my brothers did. I had older brothers, and they did, um, you know, drama. And I remember um, deciding to do a play, and I remember going out on stage. I was I was freaking out so much. And then I remember going on stage, and then all of a sudden I remember it was over. And I've never forgotten that feeling. And I think that feeling, that sense of abandon, like just losing yourself and having that abandon, um, just that creative abandon just has really fueled me. And I think I've always remembered that, um, you know, that's kind of subconsciously kind of fueled me um, into my career. And uh, I think, you know, now it's obvious that I was like, 
this was what I was meant to do. But growing right. up, I think I fought it. I was like, had to do something a lot more practical. I think when you grow up in a town of 700 people, I, I didn't grow up near a movie theater. It was an hour away. Like, you don't look at the, you know, I don't think of, like, that's, like, not a feasible dream. Like, right. that's not even come into play, you know, um, until I realized that, you know, potentially it was feasible. But I think it also helps uh, just from what I feel like I know about you is, you know, coming from this really nice small town with a nice family. Yeah. You've, you seem really grounded. Like, you seem okay with all of the stuff that's yeah. happening cuz you legitimately if someone didn't know what you did yeah. i don't think they would go oh you're one of the most famous actors in the world because you're you're, just, you're so approachable and comfortable yeah. and and what do you attribute that to? I, to I honestly to my family i mean they're so down to earth my parents i had very humble easygoing fun um you know growing up and and again you know my parents instilled a lot of faith in me from a young age that, you know, allowed me to go to Japan at 17 or 18. And, and then, you know, when I decided to move to New York, said, are you dropping out of school? Are you sure? And I said, yeah, something's telling me something's going to happen for me in New York. And they were like, well, we've always told you to follow your heart and, you know, drove me there in a U-Haul. And I think there's that sense of real gratitude that I have for them. And, you know, if I ever wasn't grounded, I, I'd have to answer to them first. And that would not be pretty. So. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that is the other thing is when you're from a small town, People don't let you get away with shit. No, no. And if you start acting, oh. they'll go, what are you doing? Yeah. Who yeah, do you yeah, think you are? Yeah, like even my, my my character is pretty dark on the path. And I even, I was just away on vacation with my parents this last week. And I asked them, like, how are you enjoying the show? I thought I'd get some feedback. Mom said, you know, I really like the show. But Michelle Lynn, I really don't like what you're doing. And I was like, Whoa, she broke out the middle name. And she's like, I really don't like you on the show. And I was like, and she was serious, you know? And I was like, well, that means, am I doing a good job? And she's like, well, I don't know. You, you'll have to be the judge of that. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, moms get real serious. Moms they can get, get real serious. serious. Yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. I think, uh, I, I obviously, I, I don't, I'm not an actor at heart. I, I, I've... I love hosting. I'm a comedian. I love t- talking to people. But when I'm watching a movie or a television show, there's so many things I feel like, why couldn't I couldn't do that? Like, yeah. I could never comfortably do a love scene, ever. Yeah. It feels to me like it... How do you... Um, it's it such is. a level... Because you. it has to seem intimate, but at the same time, there's like a sweaty grip with a microphone I over know. Your, you. I know. It's true. So, it's and, true. And you've had, to do, you've had to do a handful of them, so how do you... A handful? Oh, my God. <laughs> Why is it... You're being polite. Yeah, I was being polite, yeah. <laughs> my husband would say, like, two dozen. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, uh, the number's 23, Yeah, you know, Michelle. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know what? It is so um, unnerving, you know, I think... Uh, you you obviously speak to your co-star, and hopefully you've had the opportunity to get to know each other for a bit of time, so you're not sort of delving into the sheets straight away. And so you kind of feel slightly comfortable. Um, and then you kind of, I guess you just sort of ease into it. There's a lot, on my part, there's a lot of laughter involved. Like, right. that's just to, just to break the ice. But honestly, you know, the first time, one of the first scenes was was with Tom Cruise, actually, in MI, in MI3. Right. My husband and I had just gotten married, and <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, literally, like, three days before, and we weren't able to take our honeymoon because I had to start shooting right away. So, we so could, your honeymoon was with Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. Basically, this is exactly, exactly what it was. You know, it was the first day before 
you know, it was the night before shooting, and I, and I said, oh, my gosh, honey, I said, I'm, I'm going to have to be intimate with Tom Cruise tomorrow. I'm so <laughs> nervous. What am I going to do? And he said, honey, he's a total pro. Just follow his lead. It'll be fine. You know, I go to work. I'm so nervous. It, everything goes great. It's perfect, right? It's fine. I come back. Pete's like my husband, Pete. He said, how did it go? I said, it was amazing. He's go, brush your teeth, come back, tell me. <laughs> right, right? And then, and then, and then I said, oh, my God. I said, Tom was such a gentleman. He was so nice. It, it, was, it was great. Everybody's so great. JJ's so nice, the director. And my husband looked at me, and he hugged me, and he was like, how cool is it that you are making out with Tom Cruise on our That's amazing. So he's a good guy. He's a good guy. And what? that right then and there, I was like, I, I, I'd already known that I married the right guy, but, you know, that's, that's the way we look at it. What does Pete do? He's a graphic designer. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's oh, like one right of these up. people. He's one of these people. <laughs> you would have to save his ass so hard in an apocalypse yeah, 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 exactly. with your farming skills. <laughs> That's exactly right. And he's, he's a graphic designer. Does yeah, he does a lot of branding. Yes, but and what's so great, you know, we've been together for 17 years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, wow. thank you. Thank you, yeah. And it does help, I think, because, you know, he's still creative and I'm creative. So we have a, a mutual respect for the creative process. Um, but I'm so impressed with what he can do and what he can build and what he does on the computer. I, I'm not like that at all. So um, he, he really impresses me with his talent and, and what he does. And, and I, in turn, like he, he loves what I do. And so we have a mutual respect for each other and, um, and also very a respectful and understanding of, well, of that's the process cool. that we go through. I guess you would have to be if you're going to be married for 17 years. Yeah. What is yeah. the key, as someone who's been married for about eight months? Yeah. <laughs> How do you how, how do you keep it oh, fresh? And oh my how do you god, keep... we laugh all the time. He's really one of the funniest people that I know, and I, I I personally think like the best quality in any human being, man or female, is a sense of humor, a great sense of humor, and um, it really is, you know. Um, and you know, if you can just laugh through any situation, whatever it is, and and just remember like what it, what a gift it is to you know. To found each other, and you know he's he's my best friend. He's an amazing, amazing man. Oh, stop! Yeah, he is. What can I say? It's true. It's so funny. People clapping. What if you're like? I really think the best quality of a person is to be mean and really serious, <laughs> and not listen to another person. Yeah, but I also think it's so great. You know, we have two young children, and I just think. You know, it's such a great example for them is to have parents to see them sort of joke around. And as a result, I see our children now kind of adopting this funny little sense of humor. And it's nice to see that kind of quality, you know, um, projected onto them. And they're sort of picking up on that. And it makes it it makes for a fun light um, household. And that doesn't mean that I don't get stern and, you know, sort of yell. I know, but you have but you have you have you you have smiley eyes, which is like. Which is, it just looks like you smile. Yeah, like you, you, your yeah. face, you know, I think it was, my mother-in-law said this, but I think it was an Oscar Wilde quote, but she said, uh, at 20, you get the face you were born with. At 50, you get the face you deserve. Oh, And it's such a wow, great quote. Because that's an amazing it's like, yeah, if you're quote. a stern, like if you're just a cranky, uh, wow. you know, your face just kind of gets like this. Yes. And then you just look like, great. but it just, but, wow. you, but it really looks like, oh, Michelle's wow. happy and she smiles a yeah. lot. And that's, that's, that's a really, that's a great Thank quality, you, man. Have, especially in this business, Thank you. which does not aim yeah, to generate exactly. a lot of smiles for exactly. the people who are in it. <laughs> that's true. It's true. You know what? I think it's important to, you know, I think. 
in life, you know, to take your job very seriously, you know, to be professional. But I don't take life too seriously. And good. I think that's a really great balance to maintain in life. That's so, good. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, it, it's such a transient in the sense of, like, you know, you form a little family that's very intimate and you're having yeah. love scenes with people and other people are in the director and it's intimate. And then you leave and go do it yeah. again with a whole new group of and people. And also I've learned, too, I've been around long enough. Yeah, I really get around. But I mean, but there's also a real natural ebb and flow, I find, in anyone's career, whatever you do. And, and I've been fortunate enough to be around long enough to know that now what goes up will come down. And so it, it really forces me to have that gratitude when things are really great and then to understand that things, you know, um, this too shall pass, you know, if things right. aren't going so great, is to continue to work and to persevere. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. I mean, and, and, and True Detective is a nut, was one of those gems. Yes. That you, I mean, I'm sure, do, do, when, you, when you go on to a project like that, do you feel like, oh, I think this is something special that's happening? Or do you just kind of get through it and then if it works, it works? No, I, that one for sure. I, I definitely knew. I mean, you could feel it in the room and that the intensity and the creativity and, and the commitment that everybody was bringing to it. And and I don't mean just by with, with the directors, uh, with, with Carrie, our director, or, um, you know, the boys, Matthew and, and Woody. Um, and the writer, I mean, just the production designer and the cinematographer. And you would just see what these people were doing every single day on the set. And it was extraordinary. Uh, and I remember even re- getting three pages into the first script. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is extraordinary writing. This is really special. And, um, you know, after sort of sitting down with Carrie and, and speaking about the role and seeing the arc of, of her, I knew it was something that I really wanted to be a part of. And I'm so happy that I was because I'm very, very proud of it. It was The show was amazing. I mean, yeah. it was one of those, like... Because I, 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 I think I kind of thought it was going to be some, like, weird supernatural thing yeah, yeah. was brewing, but it just sort of had that... It just kind of had that real juicy... It was, and it was haunting. And the music, how good was the music? Yeah. I mean, every... Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. But I still... It's so, you know, but, I, I, but I, it's funny how I, I, just like your mom, gets mad at characters. And I'm like, what the fuck is Woody Harrelson's... Pre-? He's been cheating on her. He cheats on her every time. <laughs> and then he's mad when she does it to get back at him. I how know. is that fair? Yeah, you know? like, exactly. But there are, I think there are dudes who are like that. are like, no. Yeah, for exactly. For a guy, it's just like this. Then you is, crossed a line. You can, exactly. Like, You've been cheating on her for yeah. deca- two don't decades. Mow, don't mow my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in that, in that show... How do they? Because it spans such a long period of time. Yes. How do they? How do they age everyone? Well, we shot a lot in in sequence, with the exception of the um, the scenes where the interrogation scenes. Right. Um, so uh, those were amazing scenes, but we actually shot pretty much in sequence. So we got, I got the prosthetics, and you know they aged me to be, I guess, like fifty five in my sixties, at some point. Um, but I was actually five months pregnant when I finished that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and so I think they thought I was method because every time, <laughs> every time I went away, I'd come back and I was supposed to be a little bit older. And I, I would come back like 
five, six, seven pounds heavier. And I never told anyone. And they were like, wow, this is really impressive. It's natural. Like, the older that you get, you put on weight, right? <laughs> and then finally, like, I had to go up, like, pant sizes and bigger shirts. And finally, at the end, you know, I said to Woody and everybody on my last day, and I said, I'm, I'm five months pregnant, you know, almost six months pregnant. They were like, what? That's crazy. Now, you know? what was the reason for not telling anyone? Well, I just didn't want anyone to sort of focus on that. You know, I didn't want anybody sort of worrying about me. I was totally fine. It was, I was having a really easy pregnancy pregnancy and um, I just I wanted just to focus on on the work and um, but there was actually a scene it was one of the latter scenes um, where I'm seeing Woody for the first time and we're having um, an argument and I felt um, and I was it was on my close-up of all things and I felt um, uh, my my baby kick for the first time (laughs) for the first time in the middle of the scene and I remember like Stopping, and then I never watch playback on um, on my scenes. Like I never go back to Video Village and, and look at what we did. But I actually did for that time because I I felt like my pupils dilate, and I'm like I want to really see if that happened, you know. So I said, Do you guys mind? Can I watch playback from that one? And they're like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. So I watched it, and sure enough, like in that moment, my my eyes. Did you get the footage from that? No, I I did it, and I know I just re- remembered it now. You but... should have. You need to have that so you can show your kid this. Yeah, is the first- yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy that that was caught on camera, actually. But it just, just dawned on me now. Again, That's yeah. so, and, and and it actually is, it's not surprising to me at all to hear you say that because I feel like there are so many people who would be like, well, I'm pregnant, so I need four assistants and I need this, I need, I <laughs> no. need, I need a jar of pickles dipped in peanut butter at regular <laughs> intervals. But, you know, the fact that you could keep this to yourself yeah. and go act in this thing and yeah. not, and not to, and you're in New Orleans. Yeah. And it's like, so what, what did it feel like to be pregnant in New Orleans working with these people? Really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember one night, um, Woody was so sweet. And I would have taken him up on the offer at any at any time, but he was like, you know, we're gonna go play poker tonight with Willie. And I'm like, Willie? He's like, Nelson. And oh, I was like, geez. and I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, why don't you come along? And I and I, I, I all I wanted to do was just go and and but I knew I was like, you can't go and play poker with Willie Nelson, the boys. I'll be like a like something. a marijuana rainforest. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, I a pass. I, I got an early start in the morning, you know, and, um, and it was so funny because I, I was like, I really can't, I can't believe I missed out on that. And then the next day I said, well, how did it go? How was the game? How, you know, how's the card game? And he was like, oh God, he's like, I beat Willie. He got all pissed off and took off in a huff. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, really? And I said, oh, I can't believe I missed that. Damn. I mean, as much of a huff as a man who smoked pot. Yeah, yeah, life, yeah. Really <laughs> exactly. Um, so also, uh, Gone Baby Gone was uh, yes. Ben Affleck's directorial yes. debut. Was that was he nervous with that? Like, what was his approach? He seemed, you know, he seemed really confident at that. I mean, this was the first time that he had directed anything, and I and I remember be, him being um, really adept at um, with every department, like really having a clear vision for the for the story. I mean, that was probably one of the more intense movies that I've ever shot. We shot in um, some really dark places in in Boston, and, and the material itself was very um, hardcore, and and um, it was, yeah, that was a, it's a powerful movie. You know, that movie has stuck with me, and it 
really um, is fascinating to me as well that people come up to me all the time and talk to me about that ending, you know. Um, should have they left the little girl with, you know, the, the, the family or, you know, was it right for them to take the little girl away? And um, Spoiler! No, I'm kidding. Oh, no. At this point, oh, no, 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 seriously, at this point, if you haven't seen it, go yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, like, that's exactly, your fault. Exactly. That's your fault. So it, it's proved to be a very provocative film, and it's really, um, you know, people still talk about it in, in, in a really profound way. And so I, I really, that movie was a really intense project for me. That stuck with me for a long time, that project. How do you know if and you had to do the Boston accent too? Yeah. Well, I didn't do it for that because I was supposed to because Angie Gennaro is from. But I think ultimately, you know, Ben came to me and I had been working on it, and he said, you know, as a Bostonian, there's nothing worse than someone not getting it right. So he said, let's just pretend that you moved from like Connecticut to Boston when you were in junior high, and so you never got the Boston accent. Right. So whatever makes you happy. Um, uh, but I can do the Boston accent. I just did it in a movie, in Patriot's Day, which was great. But, um, but Gone Baby Gone is awesome. I want to talk... I'm going to do James Lipton now. I would like to talk to uh, Boston Michelle Yeah, Bonner, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. What's the main... Is it just... Is it just uh, because uh, I hear a lot yeah, of people yeah, like... You, uh, God... Oh God! How do I do the ac- the, the accent? Um, I do. I do hear a lot of people do like the ahs. The ah, you, you, you gotta drop the ah. You drop the ah. You drop the ah. Drop the ah. Then you can talk for a while, and you know that's the way it goes. But I did hear I, is where my, my I was performing in Boston. I went to the airport, and I heard like a transit cop, and I think a lot of people do the ah have it Boston. But you he, go through the whole thing. The whole yeah. thing. But he did one that was so specific. Like, no, no, that's a Boston accent. We go, oh, well, where's American Airlines? He goes, oh, you're flying nonstop. <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah, nonstop. There was it's almost like so a little bit good. of a lisp to it. But it's stop, stop, stop. Yeah, it's really amazing because you know they have dialects within the actual you know uh, accent. So there's you know the Southie, and if you're from another part of Boston, I mean, then they'll really, beat the shit out of you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. precisely, exactly. You don't <laughs> want to mess very, it up. You don't want to mess it up. It's very tribal. Yeah, it's very tribal in Boston. Yeah, totally. But uh, when you're on a project and you're in it. How do you know, I always wonder, how, how does an actor know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? How do you know, because I, I wonder if, it's not supposed to really feel like anything, really, if you're doing it right? Yeah. Because if it does, are you too aware of it? How do you know? It's a, that's a really good question. I mean, you really, it, it is really a, a gut feeling that you get. And um, one of the things that I, I think I thrive in creatively is when I do a project really quickly. So I love doing independent films like Trucker or Fort Bliss. I don't know if anybody's seen those. But those are movies that are shot in 19, 20, 21 days. And when you're working at that pace, you're literally living, eating, and breathing it. You're sleeping about it. You're dreaming about it. And you really are in the zone um, when you get to work that fast and you get to be in every single scene. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll have done my homework before the, the film has even started, that I'll have done my preparation, whether it's learning how to drive a truck or being a medic or whatever it is, um, that by the time we start and done my research, talked with people, that by the time we start, it's in my blood. Um, and usually by the end of the first week, um, you know, it's, I feel pretty confident. Like I feel, I, mean, I can't say that I feel pretty confident, but 
I'll, I'll, I'll get a feeling that it's like I'm in. I'm, You're connected I, to I'm it. Connected to it. Right. I'm connected to it. And if I'm not connected to it, I, I feel I'm very vocal about it to the director, or the writer, and you know we, we try to find a way. You know, a lot of people don't know you shoot movies out of sequence, so you know you shoot the ends. You know, sometimes that can be your very first day. You shoot the end, so you have to be in. You have to be in it before you even start to understand the arc and, and everything before you actually get going. So, and I also I'm also curious to know about the um, you know especially working in a business that is. Uh, historically, less kind to women in the business. Mm, yeah. Uh, do, does it affect the types of roles that you take, or do you see like, oh, I want to make sure, and you know, I want to, I, I want to take roles that are uh, sort of a role model for for young female actors, or what? How, how does you that- know? For, for sure. I mean, I've I've seen how my 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 feelings on it have um, my interests in roles. What I'm interested in has changed as I become uh, more of a woman. Is because as I become a mother, you know, um, I'm really. Um, I think I've really, and I've thought about it a lot too. And I, I really now respond to roles that um, are kind of working class. And I think that that kind of maybe comes from my my upbringing. I'm kind of come from a blue collar family. And, you know, I'd like to play a truck driver. I played a factory worker in North Country, a truck driver and um, trucker, you know, a medic, an army medic in Fort Bliss. And those roles have been the most profound for me. Um, and I feel like those are roles that I've had the opportunity to kind of lend a voice to the voiceless in a lot of ways. Right. And I think that's really important for me personally is to, you know, I think there's a way that you can entertain um, people and also enlighten people along the way. And, it, you know, that's not to say I don't like to do like a good old romantic comedy every now and then. But the things that really um, kind of touch me and, and move me are things where uh, I'm enlightened along the way. When I learn something, when I get to go spend time with veterans and, and I start to realize that there, re- there is a disconnect between people in uniform and, and um, civilians like me. Right. And, and then all of a sudden you have an opportunity to bridge that gap and, and you know, you can enlighten people along the way and, and make them feel something. I, I feel like that's really where I want to continue to go down. And how is the business getting better and how is it getting worse? Well, I think it's, I think, I, I love that people are talking about it now because I think that there's nothing better than having everything out in the universe and saying, like, these are the issues that are affecting us. I think it's really important as women, you know, to not sit back and, and really just talk about it, but to be proactive about it. And, you know, to to really, you know, nurture working with, with other females. You know, there are so many writers, great female writers and directors that I've worked with along the way that now, you know, we're working together at developing new things. And, you know, and that's just also to have... Um, other crew members on the set. Like, I've, I've very rarely worked with, like, a female cinematographer. You know, they just, they're non-existent, you know, but really encouraging that from, like, a young age and, and mentoring and mentoring people who want to be in the industry. And I guess as a, and now that you're producing, yeah. you have a lot of control yeah, over Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you have the ability to collaborate, so you want to make the most of it. That's great. Yeah. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, audience members are going to get up and ask their questions. Cool. Because I have been hogging the stage way too much. <laughs> we want to hear from you guys at home. If you want to be a part of the show, we're at Talking on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find exclusive updates about our upcoming guests. And you can ask any questions you have uh, because, again, this is all you're part of this. You are a central part of this, and I, and I hope you feel that way. Uh, more with Michelle Monaghan when we come back on Talking with Chris <laughs> Welcome back to Talking with Chris Hardwick. I'm Talking with Michelle Monaghan. 
This is just, uh, just some random questions from the internet. Yeah. Uh, Grace.r.l on Instagram says, Describe Aaron Paul in three words. Oh, gosh. He, okay, he is a prankster, uh-huh. which I've come to know. Okay, prankster. Um, he, enthusiastic. I've never met anyone more enthusiastic yeah. and um, committed. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, very committed. Those were three very, what, what kind of pranks? What does he do? Well, he learned them from Brian Cranston, of apparently. Course. And then he's now brought them to our set. It's like pay, <laughs> payback is like, now it's like. Who put this meth in my tea? Exactly. <laughs> Not, exactly. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Not, Not funny. Not funny, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he'll he'll do little, pr- I mean, he's gotten some big ones, you know, to other people, but he'll do, like, the like I'll have a scene in bed by myself or something where I'm, like, talking on the phone, and he'll, like, come out, like, and just scare the living daylights out of me, just pop up, and I'm having, like, a really quiet, emotional moment, or, like, tickle the bottom of my feet. I'm like, what is, you know, like... So yeah, those those little ones. Aaron Paul and I are connected. We are we are. There's a handful of us that are cut from the exact same white guy mold. <laughs> right? Uh, yes. Oh my god. It's me, Aaron Paul, Charlie Day. Yes, and Char. Oh my god. And then the lead singer, Amuse. Yes. Okay, <laughs> now that like, is crazy. There was basically just like one, if you were in a lineup, one Play-Doh mold. Yeah. If you, that all that, of us came okay, out of. That, uh, the visual on that is like outstanding. <laughs> funny, yeah. That is if, amazing. If, if I said like these are my brothers or cousins, you'd be like, yeah, I told absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. It's time for our audience to ask some questions. Who has a question to get up and ask? Hello, hi. What is your name, Christopher? Chris, I love that's a beautiful name. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what is your question? Uh, so, what is your favorite onset memory of the path? Oh gosh. Wow, that's a really good um, question. I would say one of the very first days working with Aaron, we had one of our very first really big emotional scenes, and it was a very vulnerable scene for both of us, and um, I think we were both very nervous going into it, and um, and it turned out being a beautiful scene, and we're really proud of our work together, and I think it cemented our friendship, but also our creative relationship, so, yeah. What is is a more... um, What is the most intimate kind of scene to do well i think i think even more over than sort of um an an actual intimate scene i mean those can be fine um but you know aaron and i have those quite a bit but he's like my brother it's fine we just get it and we we usually uh, i was gonna say bang it out and it's terrible (laughs) Uh, yeah and when you you string that whole sentence together Uh, he's like my brother we just want to bang it out Small town in the Midwest, right? This is terrible, terrible. No, How small is this like, town? Is everyone related? Stop, Everyone's stop related. Like okay, all right, listen. It's like Fine. 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, the scenes that you see on the page uh, that are written and, you know, you know that it, it has to go kind of to a very vulnerable place and you're going to get emotional and uh, you imagine in your mind what the scene is going to do, how you're going to play it, and then, you know, your scene partner, and typically Aaron, will come in and just knock my socks off. And it's so inspiring as someone who's even been in the business for so long. You know, as an actor, you can't help but rehearse it yourself, and you imagine how the other person's going to play it, and I think I always have, like, a good sense of how the scene is going to play. But someone as talented as, as, as Aaron will come in and just elevate, obviously, what you've done in your own head. Right. And do something really special, and that, in turn, inspires your own performance, and this is it's just this beautiful, cyclical, creative, you know, harmonious relationship, and I, I, we have that a lot, and so I find that to be very lovely and intimate and vulnerable. And Excellent. I, I, let's see, what do I want to give to... Oh, I feel like, I'm, I, feel like I might want to give this away. 
this is from uh, this little nod to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, yes. This is if it, if you see the if you see the movie. I'm not. I don't want to spoil it. But if you see the movie, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it does. By the way, I just want to hold this up on camera. This is a finger. I just want to make sure yes. that, that everyone knows that that is a finger uh, right there because it, it's a it's a little it's a finger. Uh, there you go. That's for you. Signed by Michelle. Awesome. Thank you, Kristen. We have a video message. Let's see. Let's take a look. Hi, my name is Cecile, and I'm from Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. And my question is. Who do you think can be more dangerous and intimidating, Sarah Lane or Jesse Pinkman? Ooh. Uh, Sarah Lane. I think Sarah Lane is more dangerous than Jesse Pinkman because um, she is very convicted. And, and I think that he, Jesse Pinkman has like a physical addiction that you can kind of sort of get over. But Sarah Lane has a very a, a, a spiritual um uh, a real spiritual conviction, and she's very dogmatic, and um, I think that she is to a fault at times. So I think that she's potentially more dangerous. Now, with the... Uh, well, I, I don't think Jesse Pinkman was really that dangerous at all, actually. Jesse was Yeah, I was a, kind of like a teddy bear, He was a right? screw-up. He yeah. was a complete screw-up yeah, and yeah. said the word bitch a, a lot. lot. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so... But to work on a show like this, does, does it resonate in any way in your real like do you understand anything about human behavior and 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 cults and needing to believe in stuff you know what i think like people what's really interesting actually what i've loved what's come out of the show is that a lot of people come up and share their stories about people being involved in fringe movements or cults or what have you and what it's what it's made me realize is that you know people really have a natural um impulse a natural instinct to want to be with like-minded people that that want to feel supported and connected to people around them. And I think that, you know, when people are vulnerable um, and need help, you know, they can be um, vulnerable to be going into kind of fringe movements that can take advantage of them. Or they can be fortunate to be a part of a, a movement or a faith or religion that really does support them and help them, you know, um, and, and, and raise them to a, high, like a higher place, a higher yeah. state of being. Um, so it's been really interesting hearing um, people, uh, you know, my character in particular, she's very stern, as I was saying, and um, very determined, and she uses tough love tactics quite a bit. Um, and so that aspect of it, I kind of, I kind of understand, you know, and um, not in this particular you sure. know, case she's using it in, in, in the wrong case, but um, I sort of justify a lot of things by using tough love. Do you like the, the difference of, you know, because... Is there, is there a particular movie that you feel like, oh, I got really attached to this character and it was really hard to say goodbye to her? Yeah. Versus when you're on a series, like, oh, okay, you know, we get to go back, we get to do this again, it, it just yeah. kind of draw it out more? I would probably say um, a character I played in Trucker, Diane Ford, um, or um, the character that I played in um, in Fort Bliss, which is an army medic. You know, those were... And I spent a lot of time with real truckers. You know, I went on long hauls. I learned how to um, get my truck driving license. I got my Class A license. And, really? Yeah. This does not surprise me at all. <laughs> this does not surprise me at all that you can that you can drive a truck, too. Yeah, I can. I let it go. I let it go because the fines are huge if you get pulled over for doing anything. Uh, <laughs> right. If you got a Class A license. But, um, but those things, you know, those are really um, stories that were really passionate to me and characters that I loved and so I miss those characters a lot and and just as like and with Sarah it's what's great about this particular um character being on the series is you know hopefully if we get 
picked up for a third season, I get to go back and kind of get into her skin again, which I'm yeah. excited about. What did you learn? Because tr- truckers, and I, I think most people take for granted, like you see a truck on the freeway, like, ah, damn truck out of my way. Yeah. These people. You're usually to, getting in their way, trust me. Their way. <laughs> yeah. And also, can you think of another profession where someone has to be so comfortable yes. with being alone? Yes. And and just, because have you guys ever driven cross country before? Have you driven across country? Yes, yeah. It always sounds like a great idea. And then you get three days in and you're in a prison without walls. You're like, there's fucking corn in every direction yeah, yeah, exactly. for a hundred yeah, miles. Like, like you're trapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how do you... It's a real livelihood. What I've come to know, and, and female truckers in particular, you know, they endure a lot. You know, truck stops are not the safest of places. Um, but there's a real culture, a truck driving culture, and these people are free spirits. They love to be on the road and drive for hours and... Um, you know, it's funny just being in the truck for a while and you hear all the different CB language, you know, all the different radio language. And um, there's like a whole glossary of terms that are really fun and funny. Um, but it's 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 beautiful. And, and what's kind of also interesting is that you sit up really high in the cab, you know, and you see the perspective um, of the world in a different way. And you also see like what a bunch of jackasses are on the road. <laughs> you do. You're like, you're like, I can't believe he just cut you off. And one of the things that I remember, you know, every single uh, trucker would tell me was that, you know, they, you see these people, they cut right in front of a truck and it takes a trucker so, so far to slow down. Like they will run you down um, because they just can't break that fast, you know. So that's uh, just like a word of a word, a word of advice, you know, just don't yeah, cut don't, them off so close. Don't Give cut them, off a trucker. Don't cut off a trucker. Yeah, don't pull in so tight because they can't really slow down that quickly. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a really fascinating world and um, I loved it. What do you do? Are you comfortable? I mean, I would imagine if since you have a couple kids, you're probably not alone very often. Yeah, no. But... <laughs> <laughs> Are you comfortable being alone? Yes. What do you yeah. do? What do you do? Like if, if if someone just sort of locked you and and said, okay, you're you're going to stick you in this cabin for a week. Oh what, my what, god! What do you do? That's do you... a really good question. I, I I would like to say I would pick up a book and read, but I've kind of forgotten how to read. I I feel like you yeah. know with a kid, I read children's books all the time, and then I like I read scripts and I prepare my work. Um, so I would ideally like to pick up um, a book or a play and mm-hmm. and read that. Um, but honestly, you'd probably find me um, shopping online for like vintage um, homewares and clothes nice. and things like that's really what you would find me doing. Gotcha, gotcha. With like a case of wine because I'd be there for the whole week. <laughs> you know, the whole week. Yeah, It'd be yeah, wine, yeah, yeah. Wine Not and a month, antique a shopping. Week, a week. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have someone else who's going to ask a question. Get on up here. Hey, Chris. Hey, Michelle. Hi. How are you uh, I was wondering if there's any shows or movies that you totally geek out about. Oh, yes. I geek out on um, Parts Unknown, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah. I am a total foodie. Um, I love adventure, and I love his his spirit. Talk about somebody who's just will try and do anything. Yeah. I love that about him. Um, and I just love the places. I, I love the places he goes and the different cultures that he explores. I, I really respect all those kind of qualities. And I just think he'd be a really good time to hang out with. He is. I mean, he's a, he's been on the podcast before and he's really great because oh, he's, wow. I think it's great about him is that he really does know how to live. And I think part of the reason he's so good at knowing how to live is because he almost died from heroin. He was, yes, he was, he was addicted wow. to heroin 
and he, you know, cleaned himself up. And guys like, wow. And so it's really interesting. I, I feel like what's unspoken, and even with a great performance, when you're watching, you know, it's all the stuff that's unspoken. I think you really do. You feel like, oh, this guy knows how to live. He yeah. has been through some shit, yeah. and he knows how to appreciate yeah. life. Yeah, and he just just doesn't take any gruff. He's like, well, you know, whatever. Um, another show that I just discovered that I love is this comedy called You're the Worst. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. how great is yeah. that show? It's great. It's so funny, that Halloween episode. Did you see the, ho- I didn't see the Halloween see episode? I didn't see the Halloween episode. It's seriously one of the funniest, like, comedic episodes of anything I've ever seen. The actors are so good. It's really well written. And what I love, it's only 22 minutes. <laughs> so you can just get through it in no time. You get through it in no I'm time. I'm like, I got 22 minutes before I fall asleep, and I really enjoy that show. I never got your name. Chris. Chris. Oh, oh, another wow. one? Yeah. Wow, wow. What if, I, what if on Talking with Chris Hardwick, I only allowed people named Chris? <laughs> that's what it should be. Christoph, Christine. Oh, that's funny. Okay, I have a very special thing for you. Oh, awesome. Um, well, I'll just, I'll just, uh, yeah. Uh, oh. This is from uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, uh, that is so I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's... Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's awesome. My biggest regret is not taking that Santa costume home. You didn't take that home. I didn't take it home. You know, I was so green that I had no idea that I could ask to keep these things. You know, <laughs> or just take them. Or just take them, right? Yeah. But I sort of do regret it. I remember they spent, they had an amazing costume designer who, who built like this padded bra in it. I'm not very well endowed. But they were like, she's Harmony Faith Lane has got to have like breasts. And, and so they put like they put like breast pads in it every which direction. And so I ended up having this amazing cleavage every day. I would walk out every night and be like, wow, I didn't even know that was impo- like possible. And now I'm so regretful that I didn't keep it. I would have just cut the bra out of it and stuck it in any old thing and be wearing it like, all what, the time. What do you learn? What do you, you know, you, you've worked with so many amazing people. Yeah. Do you, are you the type of person that sort of files away? Like, okay, I learned this from this person, this from that lady. Yeah, kind of. You know, one of the interesting things, um, yeah, you do, because I I never studied acting. So um, I started off kind of with with a bang, and and really every co-star I've had has taught me something. And, um, you know, I remember even just in terms of, like, memorizing lines, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, for instance, um, would we would always speed read our lines, you know? And so they were just like second nature to us. Um, and I'd never done that before with an actor, but that's like something you kind of learn uh, along the way. And he'd be like, faster, faster. <laughs> you know. And then by the time, you know, and then you don't get tongue-tied and you're not taking breaths when, you, when you're not meant to. And, and, and it has like a real ease and a real flow. And I thought that was really something, like a, a tool that he shared with me that I've, I've taken with me. Is there anyone that you've ever been almost too nervous to be in the room with? Um, oh, gosh. Um, Oh, let me think. Let me think. I was, um, oh gosh. I mean, the the first time I think that I, I auditioned with Tom, with Tom Cruise for Mission Impossible Three, I was so nervous. He was doing war. He was doing reshoots on War of the Worlds, and mm-hmm. J.J. Abrams and I go up to the to the the sound stage and we walk in, and it's really dark and this really cool, amazing set. And, and he's like, okay, Tom, you know, we're ready. And he flies down Tom's on a like, jetpack. Yeah, 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 basically, basically, it was yeah. like that. He came down like he was connected to something. Yeah. And um, he comes down, and he comes over and introduces myself, his self, and he was such a gentleman. And in that same moment, he's like, 
get over here, get over here. And he brings Steven Spielberg over. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sitting here with like 10 pages, just like shaking, you know. And by that time, I was like, I couldn't believe I just met Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg in one moment, you know. And then we went into the audition, and it went really well. And J.J. Abrams, too, and like J. J. on top Abrams. of that. I know, I, I mean, J.J., that was like just sort of the beginning it of was. his... I mean, it he was doing a ton of television yeah, at that point, but yeah. getting over into film. You know, and that was interesting, working on that film. It was a big action film for me, and one of the things that J.J. kind of took... With, kind of passed on to me and he he shared with Jennifer Garner all the time because they were doing Alias right. for so long, right? And he was like, you know, he's like, you want to look really fierce, right? And I was like, well, yeah. And um, and he's like, make sure you keep your chin down and make your eyes, put your eyes up, you know? <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny because I, I did that and recently I just saw like a clip from that scene where I had my chin down and my eyes up and I was like, damn, I do look fierce. <laughs> that worked. What a good piece of advice, you know? That's why you love a director. But- Before we go to break, I want to let you guys know that the, uh, the extended and uncut version of this chat is available as a podcast at Nerdist. You can also go to amc.com slash talking for bonus clips and exclusive content, links to the podcast for every one of our episodes. Uh, more with Michelle Monaghan when we come back. We'll see you in a few minutes. We are talking with Michelle Monaghan and me, Chris Hardwick. Uh, let's, let's have another audience member hop up and ask a question so I can give another thing away. What is your name? Hi, my name is Ashley, and hey, I'm Ashley. from Los Angeles. Well, Hi. welcome. welcome. What's your question? Uh, my question is, if you were given the chance to participate in the source code, would you? Why or why not? Oh, gosh. Okay, so Source Code is um, a film that I did with Jake Gyllenhaal, as I was saying. And the premise of the movie um, is that you could go back and relive um, a certain part of your life. Uh, And I would participate in the Source Code, and I would go back and relive my wedding day because I made the worst mistake on our wedding day. And I didn't, uh, we didn't video it. Or videotape or anything. And at the time, I thought, you know, oh, I don't want any of that. It's fine. I'll remember it on the day. But I regret it now because we have children. And I would love to have seen, um, you know, the looks on our children's faces watching, you know, mommy and daddy get married and see all of our friends and family. Well, but at least they can always, uh, your kids can always watch you make out with Tom Cruise on your honeymoon. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. Exactly. (laughs) So at least that was recorded. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Let's see, what do I have for you? Oh, you know, I'm going to give you this. This is, uh, this is actually almost one I almost kept. Uh, this is the, the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang script signed by uh, uh, Michelle. And also, 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 wait, and then a trucker hat, which, uh, which we put. I did not do that well. I apologize. I did not sit that on there well. The, the pigtails make it difficult to... They should make a trucker cap with holes on yeah, both sides. Exactly. Guys, billion dollar idea. Uh, Why are we even awesome. still here? Uh, let's, let's, here's a video question. That's let's see. awesome. Hi, Michelle. I'm Rachel from Syracuse, New York. And I was wondering if there was a certain person or event in your life that has really inspired you through your career. Ooh. Gosh. Is it right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a certain person or a certain event. Um, gosh, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, I, I, I will say, you know, really, you know, I was working with Richard Gere many years ago uh, in a film called Unfaithful. Right. And that was one of my very first experiences. And I just had a profoundly great uh experience with him I you know he was preparing for a scene and he put on this really 
um, operatic music. It was beautiful, and I was sitting there, and everybody was really quiet on set, and he's over in the corner, and he's getting sort of worked up, and I'm thinking, what is going on? He is really <laughs> upset over there. Somebody should go and check on him. That's what I'm thinking, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, I see it go like this, and all of a sudden we roll camera, and everybody gets in position, and he comes over and yell action, and he comes over, and he is really, like, distraught in an emotional mess, and he kind of, we go through the scene, and I remember um, really sincerely feeling his his energy and his pain, and um, it made me really emotional, and um, the camera was on him, so it was over the side, but I remember getting really worked up. And um, we did all of his work, and at some point, like, I had tears coming down, and, you know, it was really beautiful, his work, and I was really touched by it. And, um, and then after that scene, he came over to me and thanked me and gave me the thumbs up, and he said, thank you for that exchange. Thank you for giving me that. And I didn't realize. I was like, oh. That's what acting is. <laughs> I mean, that's I, what this that's is all what about. This is what oh, we're doing. Got oh. it. And I remember, I um, I went. We shot by Bryant Park, and I went and I sat down on a bench in Bryant Park, and I cried, and I cried out of gratitude because I realized this is what I'd meant. This is what I was meant to do. This is why I meant. I moved to New York, and I thought, okay, this is it. This is what I'm going to do because it was a really profound um, moment for me in my career. I also have to thank you. In a, I really have to thank Michelle in particular for coming on this show because Michelle and I work out at the same gym, <laughs> and so we see each other a lot. And yeah. so we see, and and there is kind of an intimacy, like when you see someone sweating, trying, sweating, and. <laughs> Trying to pick shit up off the ground. Right, and you're like, do I hug him? Do, do I, I shake say his hi? Hands? I know I'm sweaty. <laughs> and so I ran into Michelle at the gym, and I said, listen, I'm doing this show. And, and I feel bad. I always feel bad, like, trying to get people to do stuff. No. It's like, oh, please do it. Don't worry, I you're going to come over and clean my garage. I will absolutely come over and clean your garage. <laughs> so, I, 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 so I ran into Michelle at the gym, and I was like, I'm doing a show. And you said yes, and you actually showed up. Yeah. And I really, I really appreciate of that. Course. And I'm going to tell you something. This woman... Will could kick the shit out of. I mean, I'm seeing she'll have a whole workout and then just go on the treadmill and run for like an hour. But just really quickly, uh, did you knock Jamie Foxx's tooth out in yes, Sleepless? I See, did. Uh. I did. I knocked his tooth out. And talk about strong. You know, I really trained hard for that and was really exciting. I got to train with the with the stunt coordinator from the Bourne movie. So like, you have the opportunity to do that. So you get to learn some badass shit. So I trained mixed martial arts three days a week, three hours a day and I got in great shape and we you know choreographed the scene the scene you know where I had this really big fight scene in Sleepless it's it's out now you can go and get it you I I, I insist you do now um and I I was on top of of him and I just I don't know if I was you know quick on the draw or not but I clocked him right in the in the kisser I cracked my knuckle or split my knuckle open and I saw it I was like oh my god and I was like and and, and, and I was like I just, your tooth. Oh, he's like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, keep going. And so we finished the scene, and I just feel, like, this is one of the most embarrassing moments. I feel so awful. And then he's like, don't worry about it. We finish out the day. And then um, the next morning, I don't want to bring it up because I'm, like, so embarrassed. But I, I'm trying to, like, cop a look, right? I'm like, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I see, like, we're rehearsing. I'm like, 
Jesus Christ, like how the hell did he get his tooth fixed? And lo and behold, we were shooting down in Atlanta and his buddy, his best friend, happens to be a dentist oh. in Atlanta and he got it fixed overnight, like at two, three o'clock in the so you morning. You gotta knock that shit out again. I gotta knock that shit out again. Yeah. And yeah, I did. And so, yeah, at least he's he took a real it, trooper. At least he took it well. He, he does... took it well. I mean, he took it well. He's so strong, Jamie. He's... He's unbelievable. So you've had to feel yeah. a little cool that you knocked us. Yeah, I did. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. It's still underneath my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're sort of wrapping out the show, I, you know, I've just been asking people for like, uh, people come on the show, just a, a piece of advice, a piece of wisdom, something that you carry around with you or something that you, you know, want to wow. share with people. Is there anything that you, that, you know, like helps drive you? Yeah, well, uh, this is great advice, actually. And Kevin Bacon, of all people, gave it to me. Um, it, this too shall pass. And I, it, it's great advice because he gave it to me as a mom, uh, with my first, my first child. And I, I just met him randomly when our daughter was like about six weeks old. She wasn't sleeping through the night and, um, and it was really rough. And he said, just remember this too shall pass. And he said, you should really remember that in good times and in bad times, because one day, you know, she'll be sleeping through the night and then she won't. She won't need you. She won't need you to nurse her. And then she won't need you to change her diaper. And then she won't need you, you know. So really understand that this shoots, this too shall pass isn't just for, you know, the things that are kind of driving you nuts and you're going to get through them, but to really have gratitude and remember the things, to be in the moment. That's spectacular. Because so. I, 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 I've definitely only heard it used for the negative I stuff. Know. But to hear it used to, to apply to positive yeah. experiences and is really so great, amazing, too. it's so amazing, you know, and I... I actually thanked him. I had the opportunity to work with him in, in Patriots Day um, last year. And and, um, and I said to him a few months ago as we were promoting the movie, I said, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing those, those words of advice with me. I said, I've really taken them with me in my day-to-day, not just with my children, but my work. And, and um, he said, oh, my gosh, that's right. He's like... You know, when I gave that to you, my daughter was just in junior high, and now she's just gone off to cal- to college, and he's written her a song called "This Too Shall Pass." Oh, that's adorable! How beautiful, right? And Kevin a- Bacon. I know. What a dreamboat, right? Well, this is an amazing chat. Thank you so much yeah, for being here, Michelle Monahan. Yeah, thank you. This Monaghan. is great. I absolutely adore great. having yeah. you here. Thank you so much to Michelle Monahan. Uh, be sure to check out the Path. It's on Hulu. You have the internet, so you can just watch it right now after this. Always check out uh, at Talk on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, and Twitter to find out who's going to be on the show and how you can be a part of it. Thank you so much for watching. We couldn't do the show without you. I'm Chris Hardwick. Add Hardwick on the tweets and Instagrams. Don't text and drive. All right, I'll see you soon. Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts